FASWA is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit saswa.com. I think that a lot of people that get too deeply into this don't think about their family responsibilities and they lose their families. Are you going to miss me when I leave? These revelations are coming right after we have a baby. Not everyone does a documentary on themselves and so far, don't recommend it. There's no f***ing Bigfoot, man. So I just had a panic attack. You need therapy. You know, seriously. I don't know where this documentary is heading, but I hope it all works out. If you're going to take a trip, you might lose some things, but you also have to weigh it with what will you gain. With me, to doc- let's get let's get into this stuff because because this is I'm already liking the way this is going. So I want to just introduce the show so people know what they're they're listening to. This is Sasswhat, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined tonight by my pal Mark Matsky. Greetings from Southeast Ohio, where it was really windy today, and uh, a tree actually fell over next to our house. Mm. We had to go out there and chop it into pieces and. It's unusual. You're blaming this on on the wind, but we know it was Sasquatch. Well, yeah. I mean, you could tell by the way that it was twisted (laughs) in a certain way. I mean, it clearly was a territorial sign of some type. But Um, then I had to clean it up. Thanks, Bigfoot. (laughs) Typical. If you're listening on 97.1 Wadsworth Community Radio, thanks for tuning in. This will be our first or second week on the air. I'm not sure yet. Um, but we're excited to be here. We're on the air every Saturday and Sunday at 8 p.m. talking about Bigfoot. This week, we're joined by our pal, Craig Flippy, a filmmaker. And what should I refer to you as? I don't know. I'm working on that title myself. Okay. Um, so I haven't made a film yet. I'm making it. So I don't uh, think that. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so what? Okay, this, this is gonna this is gonna bring up a question right away. What was your official position on Bigfoot Road Trip? Like, what did you do uh, on Bigfoot Road Trip? Yeah, um, I did a lot on that. I filmed, edited, set up special effects. Uh, We're joined this... tonight by filmmaker Craig Flip. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. That's definitely, true. definitely, that qualifies you as a as a filmmaker. What else do you do? Uh, like hobby wise, or yeah, sure. Um, well, I've I did martial arts for a lot of years. I lost track, but um, that's been on on the back burner for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I like getting in the woods and you know, like uh, bushcraft or axe knife stuff, and just. Some camping, you know, camping. Uh, some light, big footing. Not a whole lot. I don't, you know, I don't go balls deep in it. I just, you know, I put my toe in and go, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, making crappy little videos. And right now, like, uh, uh, having a son, which is, that's a whole other thing that's awesome. So, and then trying to balance everything and, and uh, you know, the balance between work and family is really tough. Yeah, I want to I want to talk about something eventually here r- relating to all of that, like what you just said with fatherhood and big yeah. footing, because there's some there's some things about the video you cut for the Indiegogo campaign um, that immediately spoke to me as and I could tell this isn't your typical. I mean, I don't really necessarily think you're marketing it straight up as like a Bigfoot movie anyway, but... I hope not. Yeah. Some people might be really upset with, <laughs> with how it goes, but... Right, right. But it the, is a little bit. Like, the Bigfoot community funded it so far, right. which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But, 
Is it? Uh, that's something I want to get to as well. I'm just going to do it now. I don't even care. Um, do you think like your your audience that did help back it? Do you think it's primarily Bigfooters? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was involved in several different things through my life, like um, you know bands or um, underground video making and stuff. So, um, but. From all of the backgrounds, different backgrounds I've been in, uh, I see that's the Bigfooting um, people that have really gotten behind this and made it happen so far. It's all part of that whole, when we were making Minerva, we discovered that you've, you have to embrace whatever community you're kind of a part of even if even if you want to be outside of that community obviously like something like what you're doing and like what we're doing you've got to have a larger audience than just bigfoot people if you want to grow and kind of build mm-hmm. um but that is the you know wherever you're kind of rooted in that's kind of the community that'll get behind it and we discovered that with with minerva too of course with with minerva we got lucky too though because minerva got picked up by all this like national media. And then we had a lot of just Ohio people backing us, just people who were interested in like a local film being made in Ohio. Um, nice. So we lucked out in that way, but okay. So, so we were talking about a little bit about your time on finding Bigfoot and I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about this, but Thank you. it did lead to uh, something you said about putting a little bow on your, your, like your big footing quote unquote career with this movie. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about that. Cause I think that's how, so uh, like, how is this the way you're doing that? So yeah, I worked on finding Bigfoot for a few episodes. I filled in uh, for Tyler bounds. He was, it was his original little uh, role there. And then um, did a few episodes and basically it's just a PA job, uh, but you do film, um, the solo segments. So that's what I look forward to. And it's like, oh, I get to travel the country, go bigfooting, you know, and work on a TV show. It's a perfect job. So um, was that part A? The- <laughs> no, like like Crappy Little Dreams is, you said that it's kind of like, to you, oh, you think sure. it's kind of like the perfect bow to that, like your bigfooting career. Yeah, so... I don't know how far I should back up, but I did move up. I live in Portland, Oregon. Me and my wife moved up here 10 years ago or so, and um, I wanted to be closer to the woods. That's when I was diehard into Bigfoot stuff, so I um, came up here. was in the woods all the time, and uh, what happened? What was the question? (laughs) The... The the film. Sorry, I got lights in my face. No, you're fine. You're fine. It's brainwashing. Me. We can edit this. Can oh we? yeah, I'll I'll edit. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. No, it'll sound right. like you just went from like one place to the other. No, well, I guess I guess before we even get to that, let's talk about what Crappy Little Dreams is, and that'll lead naturally into that. Oh, so geez. let's let's talk about what Crappy Little Dreams is. It's sure. it's and obviously, if anyone's listening to this, and I'm gonna tr- post this tonight because. When I scheduled this, I thought we had more time in your campaign than we do, but we're down to like five days. So I do want people yeah. to go on Indiegogo, especially Sasswat listeners, and back this campaign. And obviously, he's he's actually you've you've hit your goal. Yeah, which is awesome. I, I put a bare minimum. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, I'm I'm not going debt goal. And then like I don't know how much is your budgets for. Something. Ooh, yeah, Minerva we made out of pocket, so it was nothing. But we did run a Kickstarter to get the whole thing fully funded uh, to get it on DVD, and we set our goal at five hundred dollars, and we had like a thousand by the end of the first day, and then we made I think sixty five hundred total was. Oh wow! With. But awesome. um, Beast of Whitehall was out of pocket entirely, um, and we're not going to do any Kickstarter on Beast of Whitehall because it's well, it's already funded. And we're tying it into our third movie, the Boggy Creek Monster movie. Um, nice. So that one will be Kickstarter funded. Like we're going to run a big Kickstarter campaign for that one. I don't know yet what our goal is going to be, but it's going to have to be a decent chunk of change because we've got to take like a crew. We need like oh, a wow. crew of dudes, and then we're going to go down and take. <laughs> I'm hoping to rent like FS7s, like at least oh, wow. FS7s, maybe. Nice. Yeah, just some cool like. Really good, not like cinema 
level necessarily, but like really good equipment to take down with us. What do you think of that Black Magic Ursa Mini? That's uh, what my my DP really wants. That like that's yeah. what he wants me to get. But I'm mm. I'm kind of obsessed with Sony right now for some reason. Yeah, I, I think it's because my only camera is a Sony. So I, yeah, I, I've always had Sony's. Not anymore, but mm-hmm. growing up, like when I first got a video camera in like 1990, like it was a Sony. I'm like. Through the years, it's been Sony. What do, now, you, what do you have now? I have a Canon 70D. Oh, nice. With the, the Magic Lantern hack. Yeah. Went ahead and, and voided the warranty for that one. Yeah. Well, I think you have to almost. Because, like, my my buddy my buddy loaned me his um, 5D Mark II when we mm-hmm. went to Whitehall uh, to use as, like, my secondary camera. And he'd hack that is that the same i don't even know if it's the same hack but i I... it's similar i think i think it has all the same features yeah so i guess it would be for me it was just incredibly confusing i was i couldn't figure it out like going from a sony to that i was i couldn't wrap my head around it it's been hard for me to to switch from video cameras to dslrs Mm -hmm. but now now i like it and i started doing photography so it's like now i feel like i have to have the DSLR, so I can do both. Do you do still like still photography or freelance? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, freelance, uh, still photography or video work. And um, I don't know. I'm not really the best business person, but uh, I need to get better in that that realm. But I don't know. I just like I like uh, most of the time people that contact me, it's something really unusual. So it's like I want an explosion behind me. They're like, I want a picture with my pet rats. I'm like, yes. So do that for free. And you're like, doing a lot of stuff for free. Oops. Yeah, you gotta watch that. Do you do do you do like weddings and all that stuff too? I I have, um, but I'm not currently actively doing weddings. But I've I've done them and I've done wedding videos, and those are pretty fun. But a lot of a lot of hard work. See, as it well. seems it seems I'm terrified of doing weddings. I was asked to do one in September, and thankfully I was going to Disney World, so I I had an excuse. Oh, wow. But like, if it, the idea of it scares me, because if you screw up, you're it's screwed. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. You're, you're screwing someone's entire like magic day up or whatever. It's it terrifies me. Try to minimize the damage. <sighs> yeah, it'll ruin their marriage too. <laughs> Yeah, if well, it's bad, that's what happened with us. Get it. It's a curse. We, the photographer we hired did not like somehow get pictures of us together. They're like oh, they're all geez. bad. It was really, but maybe that's how we were. Like after I shot a couple weddings, and I look at the pictures, and, and I'm like, ah, oh. and then she's like, maybe it was our fault because we were just like walking around like this. <laughs> There's someone taking your picture. You got to be like, do that kind of stuff, and. So maybe it was our fault. I don't know, but I blame I blame whoever whoever isn't me. So how long have you been into like film, like filmmaking? Uh, well, I got when the first video camera got in my hands in like 1990. Immediately started making skits and uh, st- videos. Beast Boy one, two, and three. <laughs> no, no, wait, I'm sorry. No. There's only Fair from Hell one, two, and three. Gotta get my discography straight. <laughs> um, Beast Boy was just a so that was Beast Boy. You couldn't put a sequel on Beast Boy, you know. And um, so yeah, so then I started making skits and stuff. And then I sent Beast Boy to uh, Todd Congelier, who's uh, who's a pro skateboarder at the time, and started Recess Records. And and he loved it. And then that I was like, whoa, people like this stuff. And then got excited and started making stuff all through the years. And it didn't really get any better than Beast Boy, actually. Hmm. But, so yeah, I'll be touching on that, and you know, in this in crappy little dreams too is kind of like we'll show like the uh, you know past. Uh, we'll show like the uh, I don't know the the beginnings of my crappy little dreams uh, filmmaking and where it took me and uh, where I am now. So is this like pretty much? Um because I know kind of the hook from watching the video is that you went on a moped trip in 2005. Is that right? Mm-hmm. 2005. Yeah. And then you went on another, basically the same route or the same moped trip in 2015 or 2014. 
Yeah, it's been a little bit confusing with that. But yeah, there's ten years ago I, I did a real trip, which was you know I left. I was in living in L.A. and I just decided I was at a point where I'm like I'm just gonna go look for Bigfoot. That's what I'm what I do. Um, I didn't have any bills or job or anything. I had a little bit of money, but I didn't have a car. Uh, next girlfriend of mine sold her sold me my moped or her moped. So I was like, I have a moped and I have about seven hundred dollars, and it's now or never. So it took me a while, but I I, I uh, eventually about a year later, I think, after saving up a little bit more money and and traveling, or I got I got lost in my headphones um back up moped i'm sorry can you got there's ex, a baby crying it's there's fine ba- ex, ex-girlfriend <laughs> sold you the moped oh let's start yeah so about yeah it was about 2004 i had a a mo no wait it was, it was a 2004 is it yeah so yeah in 2004 i got a moped a tomo sprint it was brand new uh and then i took the about a year to save up money and I was like just obsessed with Bigfoot at this time and it was just like I, if I go to the woods I'm going to find one I'm, I'm the guy I'm the chosen one just get me out there so it's like by any means necessary so and the means were on a moped and I was like well has anyone gone that far on a moped and then I looked it up and some guy in Canada went 10,000 miles in the 70s so I'm like okay moped check I can do it on a moped and I was like, well, what about being in the woods? How am I going to survive? And, and that, that led me to realizing that people still practice primitive skills. And I had no idea. So I decided to go to uh, Headwaters Outdoor School for two weeks, do primitive skills classes and, uh, like, awareness. And I was like, that's going to be perfect. So I, I basically developed a, a full plan to find Bigfoot. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then... Uh, and so, yeah, so that's what I did. But, but I didn't really film it that well because I wasn't concentrating on trying to document it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just, I'm living this. This is, this is what's happening. I intended to try to film one if I, if I got, you know, obviously one close to me. But I failed on many fronts on that trip. But uh, it did lead to like um, I met my wife who, right before I left. Well, I didn't meet her then, but. We had a long history of, I would, I wasn't always a gentleman, so, you know, like, she was in a rap band, Foxy Autopsy, and I was a huge fan, and I, I also drank a lot back then, so I used to grab her, you know, <laughs> stuff, and she would, she was a real lady, I mean, she's, she is a real lady, a real classy lady, so she just, I just open palm slapped me across the face so hard. I think I went down to the ground and that's when I knew I was <laughs> Classic so, meat cute. Yeah. Beautiful. So, yeah, so so we start hanging out and and the next thing and and, sh- and she's just like we just started hanging out and I'm like, I gotta go find Bigfoot, sorry. It was already in the plans. Like <laughs> so I laughed and I was gone for like three months. So it was like we just got together and then there's like a three month window before we got back together, and so it was like we were both really bad in relationships, pretty much. So it was like, oh, they're never gonna make it. And then you know, and then eventually we did. And then so that's also part of the story is that the story that story along with the moped story and how they kind of connect and and uh, what better what, than my brain. You're you're like. This is such an unusual story to begin with because you've got the moped and then you've got you trying to document it or whatever. But what what is it about Bigfoot? I mean, obviously this will probably be part of the movie, but like, what yeah. got you into Bigfoot? Uh, I think the earliest recollection. This is going to explain a couple things. I think it was Elvira. Um, she had that show where her show where she oh, yeah. show you know campy movies. Oh, yeah. So they showed, she showed a Bigfoot movie, and, and that's, like, my first, you know, memory. So, like, boobs and Bigfoot have always been there for me. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that. And then later down the line, I started, you know, the typical thing, the kids in the library and getting all the books on Bigfoot. And, and 
and my dad would always travel, so he was never he was never around. He was always on the road with the dead, um, working. Uh, so he'd always be on the West Coast, and this probably led to me eventually living on the West Coast. Grew up in Connecticut. Um, so, yeah, I, we'd talk on the phone. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll take you to go find Bigfoot. And I always had that vision of Ape Canyon in my head. Like, there was a picture of, like, two people on, on the edge of Ape, Ape Canyon. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. Uh, but that, that never worked out. So mm-hmm. um, that's what got me into Bigfoot. And then so now I am kind of years later, kind of at the end of my rope with the whole Bigfooting thing. I'll always probably do and 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 love it but i'm just kind of like well what is all this stuff you know did it is it in my head did i make this up or is it because of my my messed up childhood you know that i believe so hard that these things exist when most people think it's ridiculous so yeah i started looking into that and uh i was like might as well film this uh because uh you know could it's it's like kind of a classic um I don't know, psychological thing, you know, father issues, the, you know, you're searching for your dad, you know, stuff like that, which I'm not going to totally write off. I mean, people, smart people come up with these things. Also, dumbasses come up with a lot of good stuff, too, though. I don't know. So when you're, like, where where are you at on Bigfoot? Are you, like, a stone-cold believer? I wouldn't say that, but I'm not, like... A skeptic so like I know you have to pick one or the other we all have to choose sides and stick there but uh I don't know man it's like uh, Terrence McKenna I've been watching a lot of that I don't know if you can tell but uh he said something along the lines about UFOs the UFO mystery he said you know it's either they're there or they're uh, don't quote me on this um, they either exist they don't exist or something else so I'm kind of in the it's something else realm, which is tiptoeing on paranormal. But you know, everyone everyone get there after a while, as uh, you know, Derek Randalls has has said. And I wouldn't say I'm fully there, but I'm you know I lean more towards it's a real creature. But why have we have seen one or you know have a good video, a yeah. good like a good video now? You know what's out there. Have you had know. any like any experiences yourself that you think are Bigfoot directly? Yeah, yeah, and that's the, that's what sealed the deal. You know, it, it was a question, and then um, on my trip, I I didn't have anything. There's a couple of things which you know, t- amateur hour in me came out where I was taking I was taking the crap, and uh, I was already scared. I'm naked. I don't. I don't the way I do that in the woods is I totally take my pants off. Wow. Lately. I mean, that's, but, a, that's impressive. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm kind of timid when it comes to pooping in the woods to begin with, let alone to go full, full buff. Yeah. You'll, you'll find out what you're made of once you really strip down yeah. and make yourself vulnerable out there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, so then I'll hear a wood knock, a loud, crazy wood knock. And I'm like, and all of a sudden, I get, I'm freaking out. I'm so scared. So and I'm, I finish what I'm doing, and um, and it happens again. And then it happens at another tree. And I'm like, oh, this thing's circling me. And, I'm, and I started freaking out. I even started shaking a little. And I was just like, and I'm like, I'm like you came out here for this. Like, you go find that. I, I guess I'm schizophrenic. Uh, but uh, so, so I eventually get up the nerve, and I and I go and I get right to right where the the tree knocker the last one I heard was and then I look up and I see a palinated woodpecker I'm like dumbass <laughs> so you know I've had that happen but I've also had stuff I can't I can't explain and and um, that has happened mostly by myself but uh, I had heard wood knocks with Cliff uh, one another time we have a, a special spot where uh Sometimes you hear wood knocks, and that I just, I don't know. It's a, you can't really, if it, like nowadays, I don't, I wouldn't put any, any, uh, anything into a wood knock because the popular, because Bigfoot's so popular and like, um, you know, 
the show's big and there's so many people that know about Bigfooting. So if you do a wood knock in the woods, chances are somebody knows what that is and right. they'll, they'll mess with you. Yeah. But back, you know, in 2006, like that wasn't really popular. So if you're out by yourself, miles and miles down a, you know, forest road where there's no other cars have been. And it's like one o'clock in the morning and you hear an exact response to what you did that wasn't an echo. You just, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. Could have been other researchers, but that's the thing. It's like, unless I saw what made it, I, I wouldn't say for sure what it is. And, but I'm, you know, like that's pretty skeptical, but at the same time, I've also experienced like, spirit of the woods type stuff which is uh, you know a little on the fringe but it's I mean my mom always my mom believes like fairies have a table in our our yard well give me give me an example of like spirit of the woods type stuff um well you know a lot of the old legends are of Bigfoot stuff is it's the spirit of the woods and and, uh, and that also ties to the mountain lions too, in, in some ways. So it's like just powerful spirits. And um, I I always kind of shrug that stuff off. And then there's a night where, and my friend, this is, wasn't me by myself. My friend Barney was there, and um, the clouds just rolled in. It got real dark. I couldn't. We couldn't see our hands in front of our face. We for, we got flashlights, but we forgot batteries. So completely dark and and we almost didn't stay but like we're both like stubborn bastards so i'm like do you want to go he's like no i don't want to go and then you're cold right yeah we're cold (laughs) can't see anything it's dark but that night um it just felt like something creepy just rolled in like right into our camp and it just kind of lingered there for a bit and i just got I just felt like, I, I don't know, it was just scary. Basically, it was scary. And the same thing happened to him. We didn't. We were sleeping far apart, so we weren't talking about it. And I was like, well, dude, I think that was the spirit of the woods. I think it almost got us. Hmm. Um, but that, that could be anything, I guess. I don't know. That's what's so frustrating about the whole thing, like for me, is how vague everything is. Like, unless you're one of these people that is seeing, you know, these these things up close and personal, everything is just like vague sounds or smells or something odd feeling of like being watched or, and that's what drives me crazy about it. Yeah. And it's what drove me, what drove me crazy is I thought I had it figured out. I was like, Oh, it's a cultural phenomenon. You know, it's like people aren't seeing these things or there. It's always a glance. And then a couple of weeks ago, a good friend of mine saw one, looked into its face I'm like, oh, great. Now they exist again. Jesus. Um, So it's like, you know, I don't think my friends are lying when they say that. Some people lie about it. You know, that's obvious. But there's some people that are telling the truth. So, I mean, if I say I don't believe, am I calling them, you know, liars? Or uh, I don't think so. It's just like, I don't know. And I, I I don't know what you saw, bro. I can't see through your eyes. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way I feel about it too. Right now, is I'm very. I mean, I keep saying I'm super skeptical, and I am. But it's the back and forth side of it that that really starts to drive you bonkers after a while. Because like, yeah, we'll do one of these movies, and I'll talk to a witness, and I'll be like, man, that guy is on point. Like, he's not crazy. Everything he says yeah. sounds perfectly logical. And then I'll have something happen later. This has happened now like twice. I'll have something, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna directly talk about what I'm referencing here. But um, later, I'll I'll come to find out some piece of information that I wasn't told at the time, and I'm like, oh great. So, so now <laughs> that guy might have just been lying to me, or or they're just out there or whatever. And then, but then I'll go and I'll uh, like we were down at the Boggy Creek Festival. And I think I talked about this on like last week's show or the show before or something like that. But we were at the Boggy Creek Festival and I'm talking to the guy who's like the curator of their local history museum down there. And this guy just seems like my grandpa or something, just a perfectly <laughs> logical, you know, right. old timey guy. And he's telling me about his sighting from like 15 feet away and describing it to me. I'm like, this, he's not crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. It drives me crazy because I'm, I feel like, 
somehow you're getting sucked into the like down the rabbit hole with everyone else <laughs> even though yeah. i came at this like very i was going to be like the outside kind of observer chronicling this whole thing and now i'm like even though i want to be that i'm also so torn on what's going on that i don't know i i found that i have to just let it go oh my god <laughs> i'm sorry oh man hey, that's that was first for the show cut that right no i'm not okay i'm not cutting right. that but like I just don't try to convince people anymore, you know. I just like I'm just like, Yep, yeah. you know, I talk to someone skeptical, I'm like, Yeah, they might not exist, yeah. And, and that's a good spot, I think, to be because I'm I'm not constant I don't know, you just if you're gonna try to fight it all the time with people, you're you're it's a lot of energy. <laughs> it really is. I, I uh I gotta tell this story real quick. And I I promised my wife, I was going to mention this on the show because it's so ridiculous. I got a phone call. I sent out press releases for our next movie the other day to mostly New York media. And, um, and I got to talk to you about these things. <laughs> well, I'm sending – I sent press releases this time to major, major media, like Ted Koppel, Barbara Walters type media. I get a phone call yesterday morning around 10 o'clock from a major, I can't, I'm not going to say who, even though I'd love to someone major, um, like you, you wouldn't know the name cause I didn't know the name, but their position is crazy. Um, like how highly they're placed. The guy tells me his name, Donald Trump. No, 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 that wouldn't surprise me though. Like this. <laughs> so anyway, he tells me who he is and, uh, then he just launches into, he goes, um, Hey Seth, uh, you know, so-and-so with so-and-so, and I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm like, we did it. You know, like, this is a great, this is a, a big get for us. And he goes, he goes, I just wanted to tell you, um, if you can produce a Bigfoot body in my office, I'll do a story on you. Okay, buddy. Ha, ha, ha. Click. Oh. This was, this was one of the, oh, like, shit. it was crazy. I called or I texted my producer and I'm like, this just happened. And he's like, that's one of the most unprofessional things I've ever heard of coming from wow, someone that is extremely high placed at a major media outlet. I got to know who. I'll tell you. I got to know. I'll tell you after the recording. It involves <laughs> the Associated Press. That's all I'll say. Ooh. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Nice um, move. Yeah. So and what's funny is like I was I was just going to say – you know, well, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm not saying I'm a believer. I'm, I, we, we, basically, the entire idea of our movies is we just put out the information, um, and let people make up their own mind. Like that's our whole deal. But he was gone. He had, he had, oh. he had cackled and hung up on me already. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I didn't mean to totally derail us, but I, I knew I had to tell that story on the show because it was so ridiculous. Typical, oh. though. Typical. <laughs> Mark, hey, do you Craig, want to hop we, in here? Yeah, we you know we talk about hoaxing every so often on this yeah. show, and I was just wondering if anybody has ever tried to deliberately hoax you or you know just uh, sell you a story that you've been able to sniff out right away is false because we kind of are interested in that whole psychology also and what's behind all that. Well, no one's tried to hoax me because. I'm not a Bigfoot celebrity, but <laughs> celebrity friends of mine uh, have people try to hoax them. Um, so, I, I mean, and as far as the lying, I've, I've seen several people lie about, about their sightings. And I know because I followed them around as they told it through a room and heard it change drastically from group to group. I was like, oh, okay. So people lie about it. All right. I've I seen that with my eyeballs. Um, take note. Um, but I don't get a lot of stories. I'm not a researcher. I, would, I wouldn't say I'm a, a researcher. You know, I'm, I'm a Bigfoot enthusiast, I guess. You know? uh, Bobcat Goldthwait calls him one as well, calls himself one as well mm-hmm. on the in- Instagram. So I'm in that camp. Um, you know, I, I never felt I had anything really good to contribute to the Bigfoot community. Um, besides putting together a Bigfoot road trip with Cliff, I was like, eh, I'm good at that. I'll just do that. But as far as, um, you know, researching uh, eyewitness reports or anything, I'm just, I'll, I'll watch Cliff do it. 
mm-hmm. does a great job. How did Bigfoot Road Trip come about? We, uh, let's see, Cliff moved up here in 2007 or 8 to Portland, and um, we knew each other through mutual friend Kai, and um, so we met, and I was excited because this is the first person I've known that knew more about Bigfoot stuff than, than I did, so I was like, this is awesome, and he just moved here, so we went out all the time, hung out, and um, I've always filmed stuff, I'm always kind of had a camera around, so eventually we were going out enough, and I was like, oh, we should start filming stuff, and um, so we started piecing together these little bits and pieces, and then, let's see, then the show happened, um, and so then he was out on the road on, working on the show all the time, but he'd also pay attention and try to like pick up tricks and stuff, so in between um, seasons, when he was back, we would go out and film segments, and eventually to stuff piled up, and was like, we need to put this together. So he uh, made Bigfoot Road Trip happen. Did Do you think there will be, like, a follow-up to that? Yeah. Uh, uh, Cliff's going to take over all, all most of the editing, so he's working on that now. Awesome. But we filmed several segments uh, over the two, two summers ago, maybe. So we have stuff we filmed already, and he's working on stuff. And, we, like, we went down to the Bluff Creek site, and uh, that's uh, we met Bobcat Colfway on that same trip, so that was pretty awesome. But, uh, so, it's just a matter of the editing. I'm working on this documentary now, so I'm kind of wrapped up in that, but I'm going to try to uh, get a couple segments for it. Um, what Rafting with Tom Powell is, is a good one, and yeah, so there's some good stuff in there, and we got new puppets. You know, you can, Sweet. Everyone blames the puppets on me because I'm the wacky guy. But he—it's all Cliff. Is I don't want to—I don't want to green screen fur. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I—I I would love to do that. Really? That's no, so hard. I, I would not do that. Um, d- did Cliff actually? S- who is singing the Bigfoot Road Trip theme song? <laughs> that is all Cliff, man. That's what I thought. Yeah, Cliff okay. is uh, quite the musician, and he makes—he makes the weird—the weirdest music. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. though. Um, yeah, we have. He's got. He whipped together some great show tunes for part two. So hopefully, by the Ohio conference, it should be done. So, so what did you shoot? Um, the well, what did you shoot? Crappy little dreams with. I mean, obviously, two thousand five, two thousand four. You're probably using a camcorder, like handy cam or something like that. Yeah, handy cam. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just mini DV tapes. Yeah. Not even on external microphone. So. All the 2005 footage is pretty rough. Um, how do, how are you cutting? I mean, how are you kind of cutting back and forth between the two? Is like half the movie 2005, or are you kind of interlacing the footage together? Or? Um, I'm probably going to do a mix of like kind of flashback stuff, and uh, I won't really know until I start editing it. But mm-hmm. it'll either be like a short se- a segment, or I don't think it's going to be flashing back like. 2015 i sat here in 2005 this i don't i don't, probably won't do much of that but uh um it's just gonna be a, like a little blip on on the dot of the whole thing right and uh this moped trip is not like the other one the other one was almost 3,000 miles in, in like three months so <laughs> this is obviously i have a family now so it's this whole thing is about kind of finding the balance between everything, you know, and and, and uh, a three-month moped trip was not going to cut it. I had to quit finding Bigfoot to be home, so it's like, you know, I had to make sacrifices, you know, but it's all going to work out in the end, and then we'll have a dance scene, roll the credits, and get back to real life. So what is what is real life? Like, what do you do, day job and all that stuff? I hang out uh, with uh, with uh, our son a lot, mm-hmm. and um, Brianna freelances from home, and I do some freelance as well. And uh, right now, everything is kind of on hold because I'm trying to focus on this. Right. So this is really um, the main like point of all my energy is going into this yep. this documentary. Yep. So I can't totally. have a job full-time job right now to make this work 
properly. So. Yes, I get I a hundred percent get where you're coming from. That's we were when we did Minerva. I was I was working full time, and I would spend um, my day at work uh, <laughs> writing and sending. <laughs> Jeez, I can't say that. We are literally on the radio. Uh, just you know, working on real work, but also thinking. Right thinking about right. you know the movie just a lot of time thinking about it but yeah it's it's a uh, you 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 dedicate uh it really it's 24 7 there's never a minute yeah. and i'm sure you're the same way there's never a minute really where i'm not thinking about the movies or uh, even if i want to be <laughs> even yeah. if i want like to clear my head and not be focused in some way on something relating to them i switched my obsession from big footing to making this you know it's like it is it's like um, <laughs> what if I just did that? Stroke, stroke. <laughs> stroke out, uh, and then he died. <laughs> Everyone gets refunded. <laughs> uh, um, when we when we were doing, uh, well, even now, I mean, d- doing Whitehall and everything, the cr- the creative side of of everything, it just never. I don't know. For me, it just never never really stops. But it's also this thing where. Before I started making the movies, I was. This is going to get, folks. This is going to get introspective real quick. Um, when I was making Minerva, I was at a point in my life where I had been doing medical billing, which is something I still do part time. Um, medical billing for six years, and I, I was in a lull where I was like, "This is. It's fine to pay the bills, you know, and I like the place I'm working and all that stuff, and I like the people I work with." But um, I've always been. Uh, I guess creatively geared. Like I like, I write, I write, you know, as a freelance writer, at least part-time I've always done that in in some respect and I podcasting. And when I was a kid, we made short films. Like that was my whole thing. We made tons of these stupid short films and even longer form hokey mockumentaries. I was a big Christopher guest fan. I think I still am a huge Christopher guest fan actually. So any, any kind of like the mockumentary format, like Zelig Mm. is one of my all time favorite movies, like Zelig and uh, that whole spinal tap and everything. Yeah. And so I'm I'm making a mockumentary on myself. Really? (laughs) (laughs) It, It probably seems that way. If I made a movie about myself, that's how I would feel about it. Cause it's, I like, really, yeah. I mean, in one way it's great cause you're the controller of your propaganda mm-hmm. and I, and that's how I went into it like that. But then I realized like, oh, you can't make a, a bullshit thing, <laughs> you know, like, so then it, and then it started to get real and that's when I started to regret it, but it was too late. Um, but yeah, I was, I was doing all that medical billing stuff. And when the movie came along, I was like, this will be a fun little project to do because, and then at some point during the making of it, I was like, I am putting more energy into this than I've ever put into anything. And I'm not quitting, which I have a habit of Mm. like, it's my, it's my, I, I wrote a short story about where I saw myself when I was like 17. I wrote a short story called the quitter. And it was about this guy who's like 57 years old and he's quit marriages, quit jobs. And he's like this jobless loser. And like that, (laughs) that was about me. Like that was where I feared I saw myself going. And then I started doing the filmmaking thing and now I'm, I'm, over a year into it and I'm still working at it harder every day. I hope like I try to work at it harder yeah. every day and constantly try to figure out how to do it better. I don't that's, even know what I'm talking. I'm, I'm just kind of fishing. No, for that's whether good. Or not, that's how you feel. <laughs> I feel exactly. I mean, that's kind of like the whole crappy little dreams is that's the, like the jerk voice I have in my head. That's now I realize, you know, I, I like to put blame. I used to like to put blame on, you know why my life wasn't better <laughs> and but really it's that voice inside my head that has been the biggest dickhead of of anything and so now it's like you know i'm gonna live my crappy little dreams sorry guy and that's uh you know that's kind of like uh the fo- like i guess like things have gotten better once you squash that out and then you're like yeah i'm gonna make a movie called the the quitter and and uh i'm not gonna quit till it's done yeah yeah it's uh and it's funny because i because you do have these responsibilities and everything like you've got 
like especially you like you've you've got a child and you've got the yeah. family and all that stuff so you also are trying to balance like if you're and i'm sure you are like if you're like me where it's trying to pay the bills and all that stuff but you're also mm-hmm. trying to do this thing that in in it requires an insane amount of concentration and effort and energy for it mm-hmm. to you know just just for it to get, forget like set aside making it a success which is a whole different subject sure. like if you want to talk about trying to make a successful project as opposed to like i just want to get this done like those are two completely different things and i'm finding that out on whitehall because i'm trying to finish the movie and just get it done but i'm also like trying to think two months ahead when we're getting ready to release it and how it's going to be you know make any money or be yeah. something that at least i can get out there in front of people you know yeah to have an audience yeah i mean i Similar, it was tough because, um, you know, it's a moped trip. You know, I, I have to leave, you know, like, and, but Brianna, it's also like not so much that. It's also like I have some shit I got to take care of, like mentally, like physically, like there's all these things going on. So it's not, you know, so much like, like I got to go on some, you know, midlife crisis mo- moped trip. It, it's a big part. That's a big part of it. But uh, it's also like, um, let's go, let's train, like, the fir- on the first trip, I came back a better person, I think, you know, like, I really put myself through the paces, and, and, and Brianna said, you know, I wouldn't have got together with the guy before you were, before you left for the trip, that guy, I, I wouldn't have married, but, so, I'm kind of trying to capture the lightning from that, and do this other thing, um, and just kind of work some stuff out, on top of, uh, you know, making a fun, fun movie. So. so that's what's that's what really excites me about it, and that was what I, I. In fact, before you joined the call, that was what I was telling Mark is what really excited me about the video you you cut for Indiegogo trailer mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it. But um, the the part where you had like Lauren Coleman talking about <laughs> right. where he's like, yeah. you might need therapy, like like all this. They might. He he said, you need therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like uh, all that stuff though, that's, that's what fascinates me so much about people that get into this and like that, that personal side of things. Like you, you said earlier, you don't really know like where you would fit into all this, but but crappy little dreams is where you're going to find where you fit into all this. Cause we need people who are being honest and open about their involvement in this crazy world of, of Bigfoot. And then also, you know, even if, even if this isn't centering solely around Bigfoot, you know, like this very personal like the skeleton of it, there's, you know, right. Right. Yeah. I, I always kind of wondered about people, you know, involved in it. And I was like, well, why don't I just break, why don't I volunteer to guinea pin pig myself and kind of just strip everything down and, and examine, let's, let's really get down to the bottom of things here. So, that's what I'm trying to do. Um, I didn't want to go about it like that, but but I think that's the story that's happening. So that's you know, so I saw I'm you know I might meet with a psychologist or something, but it won't be like some thirty minute you know drama of me on the couch. <laughs> we'll we'll make it work. Yeah, Mark, you want to hop in? Yeah. Do you have like an idea of once you know once this is done? and launched and out there in the world do you have a sense of what is coming next for you as far as a project uh, ideas um, that you've got i have a couple documentary ideas lined up um and uh, a screenplay but that's really early but uh i'd like to do a documentary on my friend todd Rhesus records um that's all uh be some good stuff there and then also this guy uh, who's going to be in this crappy little dreams, um, the Mount Hood Ninja, uh, Mountainous, he is uh, one of the most amazing people I've ever met. So <laughs> I definitely want to work with him on uh, some projects and with Wushu Richard, who is an amazing uh, rapper and cartoon <laughs> uh, maker. Uh, Wushu Richards going off today on Facebook is it it pretty amazing. Uh, I don't know. I'm keeping it loose. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what, what how it goes. You know, what the what people think of 
this, and even if anyone wants to see anything from me again, or if I should just just stay down here, <laughs> turn this bright light off. I think I think you're gonna have to stick with it. Because myself out. I, th- I think I think I'm gonna demand it of you actually, because <laughs> I really well. I just I love. I love, and I know Mark loves, but and I've already said this, but I love Bigfoot Road Trip, and the idea of you doing something like Crappy Little Dreams is just this, it seems very personal to me, and we need that, like I said, so I'm hoping you're going to stick with that, and I'm, and I'm hoping you don't completely abandon us in the world of Bigfoot. Oh, I don't think I can, it's, it's in my, it's in my blood. <laughs> no, that won't happen, but, um... Yeah, it will be a personal. This I have a lot of footage over the years, so I'm trying to find a way to weave some of that in because it's so crazy mm-hmm. that like people should know about that. So it'll be, it's gonna. I'm not gonna lie, guys. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta navigate some some waters here. But uh, do you have do you have like a crew? Like who's helping you? So it's it started off just me and Cliff. And uh, I got Tyler Bounds to come in and help. Uh, got this guy Mike. Just a couple people to try to film. Um, but we, we ended up kind of—it's real run and gun, like, like. So there's not a whole lot of room for prep. So we were missing yep. shots. And Cliff is uh, Cliff's actually a pretty good, decent cameraman. But he, you know, we're also multitasking, you know, doing everything. So it's like you lose track of stuff. So I was like, ah, we should get someone just to film. Uh, I put a really <laughs> bad Craigslist ad out yeah. that said like, hey, you must like weirdos and like not like money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was basically like that. Yeah. And I didn't really get any replies uh, except one guy, <clears throat> Greg Clark. And then I t- checked his website and it's like pictures of roadkill and like, you know, train hopping. And I was like, you got the gig. <laughs> He's a photographer, uh, but he wanted to transition into video. So kind of helped him with that. And, and, uh, it's been working out pretty good. So really there's just Greg and Cliff. So, so it's, it sounds like you guys are, you guys kind of operate the same way we do. Cause we, we shoot things and then we get back here. Like when we did Whitehall, we get back here and I'm like, Oh, this is missing. And this is, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah it's, it's probably part of i think that's part of documentary filmmaking though i think it's just part of it it's it's been there since the beginning you know it's like uh what is it the nanook of the north is kind of right infamous for being staged you know so yep. it's like that's kind of another conflict because obviously you guys saw everyone saw the trailer i'm on a moped right mm-hmm. so you know, did I already go on a moped trip? Am I going now? What's going on? So, the I know I can't show everything for how it really happens, and people don't even want to see that because mm-hmm. that's boring. So, it's going to be a compromise between story and you know truth, and you know, and this weird fantasy world I'm trying to do too. So, um, there's stuff I shot in the summer that might pop in to the trip I'm gonna take pretty soon. And you know, mix them together. But uh, so yeah, Nanook, we're liars. We're liars. <laughs> Nanook of the North. Um, it's funny you mentioned that because I just had this long talk with Lauren Coleman uh, at Bog Creek about about that movie because he was. Exp- I guess I don't know if you knew this, but like Lauren taught the only mm-hmm. accredited documentary film you knew about that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm like, so excited about that. Yeah, like he t- he talked with me for a while about documentary filmmaking, and I'm like, this guy could teach me so much about this, and I had no idea because like I've been a fan of his work because I I love that Bigfoot, uh, True Story of Apes in America book so much, and in fact, like I told him that is the first Bigfoot centric book I I remember reading. Like that's the one that I read. Uh, when did that come out? Like 2008. I think that was the first one I read. Was it two thousand eight? What was the? There was one that was earlier. Is that? I, I picked up one touring with bands, and that's kind of got me back into Bigfoot too. And I think that was two thousand two or one or something. Maybe I'm wrong. Mark Mark usually knows these things. I'm waiting. Not not this time. Okay. okay. Oh, um, sorry. But yeah, I was I was 
I, he was telling me about Nanak of the North and how like the igloo was actually built like way bigger for this one specific shot, and it was actually cut in half and like all this this stuff. The guy's yeah. the guy's like a fount of knowledge apparently. Uh, yeah. How did you get him to appear in the movie, and what was that like? Um, I it was before I left on my my 2005 moped trip. I sent him an email that sounded probably frantic, but it was basically. Like, Hey man, I got nothing going on. I got a moped. I'm gonna go out, you know, Bigfoot country, and I'm gonna stay there. You know, what's your advice? And I never got a response. So um, and I was like, oh man, kind of like, oh that guy. And then um, reached out to him on Facebook. Um, I don't know, like a few months ago, and asked him about that. He's like, oh, I never even saw it. He's like, I get so much mail. So he was got flooded with mail. But in my mind, I made up a story about that. <laughs> No. Oh, he probably thought I was going to com- commit suicide, but um, <laughs> so I asked him about that, and and you knew he was going to be at Beachfoot, and I was going to Beachfoot, so um, I said, "Will you do an interview?" He's like, "Yeah," and uh, so that's pretty much it. And then I asked him if you want to know what kind of questions. He's like, "No, I'm going cold, I'm going cold." So it was great. It was, I mean, it was awesome. He's I've always, uh, you know, liked Lauren Coleman's uh, books, and it's cool to have him a part of it. Yeah. And to be an executive producer. What? That's awesome. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. That's awesome. Um, maybe True story make... of apes in America is 2003. <sighs> there was a reprint or something in two right next to my bed. So I just, I checked it just now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why I thought 2008. Who knows? That's probably when I read it. 2008. Did I just do whoop whoop earlier? Oh. I do that. I didn't know. I'm sorry. There's the Bigfoot. There's a Bigfoot outside your window. Oh my god, it's right there. <laughs> yeah, that was another dimension of me. Oh my god. Uh Craig, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep our uh, audio running and we're gonna I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about our stuff like movie stuff here. But I okay. I, I might cut some of this out, so I wanna sure. know I wanna get this in first so people know where to go. Um, it's, do you, do you know off the top of your head, like the, the Indiegogo URL is odd, right? It's not just like Indiegogo slash crappy little dreams. Oh man. Uh, I don't know. It's I should different. know these things. Yeah, it's fine. You're but, on, but you're on I Facebook though. Yeah. I found it by going to Indiegogo and, mm. and just put in search. Yeah. Crappy little dreams. I've had to do that several times myself. Yeah. Um, it's actually, okay. It's Indiegogo.com slash project slash crappy, uh, dash little dash dreams with a number symbol. I don't know what a number symbol is called. Is there an official name? For pound. That? Pound key. Pound mm-hmm. it. So it's crappy little dreams. Pound it. Um, and go on there and, uh, we, I've talked about this a million times when you back any kind of project, uh, such as crappy little dreams or, or boggy creek or whatever it is you're it's it's not a donation i have to clear this up for people because people so often talk about this as if you're throwing money at someone that's you know and you're not getting anything in return you're you're gonna help an awesome project get made and you get cool rewards and especially with this because there's like a really cool t-shirt and there's posters and all kinds of stuff and you can get the dvd when it comes out and all that and you get to help make craig's crappy little dream come true (laughs) So make sure you go on there. And then there, you're on Facebook. Okay. You, <laughs> you have a Facebook page. What's the URL for that? Do you know? Uh, the Crappy Little Dreams page. Uh, I got to work on that. It sucks. It's uh, like Craig Flippy. That's a, yeah, I have a personal one. Yeah. Which, you know, I'll, I'll accept your friend request and delete you later. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to find the URL, like the exact URL, but you've got a fan page for it. It's just look up Craig Flippy, cra- yeah. crappy little dreams on there. It looks like facebook.com backslash Craig Flippy mm-hmm. is uh, one way to do that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Craig is on, let me think, You're are you on Twitter? I think I tweeted you. I am, but I don't, don't really do it. Twitter. Okay. Yeah. Instagram. Yeah. Or an Instagram person. Yeah, I need to follow you on there then. But basically, follow yeah. follow Craig on social media and um, follow. You can go along. to crappylittledreams dot com. Okay, there you go. Is the website yeah, mm-hmm. and and photography. 
for photo stuff. Cool, cool. All right. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash sasswhat. Find us on Twitter by using the hashtag sasswhat, or you can find me on Twitter at Seth Breeds Love. Mark Matsky is on Twitter at Reverend Matsky. Send your letters to sasswhatmail at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. <laughs>